This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. Let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out. What's up, America? Happy New Year. Thank you guys for tuning in every Tuesday and listening to my takes. I really appreciate it. And we're going to try to go on for another year. Now, we're not going to talk about the Sunday night football game and the Vikings and their pathetic showing. We're not going to talk about the Monday night football game between the Steelers and the Browns. What we're going to talk about is Antonio Brown, A.B., so Antonio Brown, if you haven't been on social media in the last 24 hours, left mid-game, threw his shoulder pads off, threw his undershirt into the crowd, threw his gloves into the crowd, proceeded to do jumping jacks at the end zone, and then ran to the locker room, got his stuff, got into an Uber, and left. While the Jets and the Bucks are going at it, nip and tuck, shout out to my Jets for a hard-fought game. Um, and Antonio Brown felt that he was getting slighted because he wasn't getting into the game and he wanted to make sure he hit his incentives. Now, his incentives, just so y'all know, this season, he had a heavy and sated-related contract. And for the next two games, the game that he was playing against was the Jets, the game that he was currently playing in, and then the last game, which against the, the Carolina Panthers, he would needed eight catches for 330K to hit that incentive, 55 more receiving yards to hit the 330K, and then one receiving touchdown to hit another 330K. So in, in total, it would have been about a million dollars that he wanted to get within the next two games. Now, he left because he, he felt that the coaches were sliding him in terms of playing time. So he said, you know, bleep this, I'm leaving. Now, Antonio Brown is doing this, and this is his last show. He will not play in the NFL again. And if he does, it's because the team is extremely desperate. Now, I've been big on this with Antonio Brown. That six-year stretch that he had in Pittsburgh, one of the best of all time. He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen play football. He's one of the best football players I've ever seen. It didn't matter what you did to him. He could be in the slot. You could double-team him. He could be on the outside. He was one of the smaller receivers that I considered a true number one receiver. And he's a malcontent. And he's a diva. And he's an egotistical athlete. Don't compare him to Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens would have never done that. Don't compare him to some of these other receivers that demand the ball, but what they don't do is act out mid-game and leave their 
teammates, their organization hanging. Antonio Brown has a checkered past. Since he became AB in Pittsburgh, he has just been a bad human being. Ryan Clark of ESPN said it. He said, y'all better get a hold of this dude because he's not a good dude. And when he becomes big, y'all gonna not be able to handle what he's gonna be bringing into that locker room. He's gonna be a cancer to the locker room. AB got out of Pittsburgh because his guaranteed and his contract um, ran out and he was going to be playing year to year and he did not like that. So he acted out and got traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. Antonio Brown got traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Las Vegas Raiders and got a new contract March of 2019. He was placed on non-football injury because he wasn't taking care of um, the necessary things he needed to do in terms of recovery and training and got frostbite on July 2019. August of 2019, he then missed Raiders training camp because of a helmet grievance that he was having with the NFL. Guys like Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald knew that this was going to happen a year in advance and proceeded to make sure that they got new helmets. Antonio Brown was the only player in the NFL that was having a grievance over his helmet. September 7th of 2019, he then gets released from the Las Vegas Raiders. Why? Because Antonio Brown was not coming to practice. He had helmet grievances that he was not trying to get cleared so he can play. And also he wasn't taking care of his body in terms of the frostbite. And on top of that, he only had, due to the way his contract was structured, he had four days that he needed to wait. And then he could have acted up all that he wanted because the contract would have been fully guaranteed of $30 million. But he couldn't keep himself contained for four days. Then, two days later, September 2019, Antonio Brown gets picked up by the New England Patriots, Tom Brady. The next day, former trainer Brittany Taylor accuses Antonio Brown of sexual assault, assault, while Sports Illustrated article reported second incident of sexual misconduct. The Patriots released him September 20th. He was essentially out of the league. January, to continue with this timeline, January 22nd of 2020, Antonio Brown was charged with fentanyl felony burglary and battery and two misdemeanors for incident with moving truck company essentially he didn't pay his money and he wanted to act out he then gets suspended from the nfl for for violating the personal conduct and he comes back october 27th of 2020 with the tampa bay buccaneers they win the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. They resigned him this year uh, in, in 2021. Get suspended December 2nd for three games because he committed a federal crime, which was he 
among with three players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had fake vaccination cards. And then January 2nd, what does this man do? He takes off his equipment, runs off the field. Bruce Arians, as soon as the game was over, says that Antonio Brown is not a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Antonio Brown is a malcontent. He's horrible. He's a bad human being. He cares about himself and himself only. You know, they talk about AB. AB, you're a bunch of BS, and you need to call G-O-D. That's it. That's it. None of these teams going to want you anymore. That was your last strike. If Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and the reigning Super Bowl champs can't get you to fall in line and do what you need to do and not act like a malcontent, no one else will. There will not be a euphoria situation for you anymore. Not the Green Bay Packers, not the Los Angeles Rams, not the Baltimore Ravens, none of them. So A.B., people want to talk about SCTE. No, it's not. This man, when he acts out, it's because of a reason. And the main reason is, is because of money. He acted out with the Pittsburgh Steelers because of money. The only time he acted out was when his guarantee and his contract had run out and he wanted a new deal. And the Steelers just don't do that. He acted out in the Las Vegas Raiders organization because he didn't really want to be there. And, and once they find him, because that's what happened, they find him, he acted out. So him losing money once yet again made him act the way he wants to act. And then the Buccaneers, because the Patriots just cut him flat out after he didn't, wasn't, you know, transparent with what was going on with the sexual assault allegations that was coming down the pipe. The Buccaneers incentivated contract is two games left in the season. Antonio Brown feels like he's not going to get that million because they're not putting him in the game. And even when the coach said you can go in, he said, no, nah, fuck that. I'm leaving. Antonio Brown is a bad, bad human being. All he cares about is himself. He is very selfish, very egotistical, very maniacal, very devious. Whatever word you want to use for Antonio Brown, that's what he is. Because this timeline has started in 2018. Why? Because that's when that money started running out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'll say it one more time. A.B., this is a bunch of BS, and you need to call G-O-D. And I'm done with this conversation. Now, enough about A.B. and his mess. Let's talk about some of the games this week. So the biggest one that I want to talk about is the Cincinnati Bengals. Everything runs on Joe. And right now, the only Joe I see is Joe Burrow. This man was sensational. Against the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the hottest team in the NFL right now, Joe Burrow goes... 30 for 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. Yes, he got sacks, uh, sacked four times, but it didn't matter because they got the job done. Hopefully, the injury that he sustained late in the game is not too much. They didn't have a running game, but it didn't matter because Jamal Chase was in his bag. Probably the best receiving numbers I've seen in a long time. He had 
11 receptions, 266 yards, three touchdowns, one of them being a 72-yard touchdown. The Cincinnati Bengals, they they can they can light you up. Their offense is sensational. They got skill weapons out the yin-yang, whether it's Joe Nixon, Jamal Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It really doesn't matter. Joe Burrow knows where to place the ball. Now, their defense is suspect, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they, they, they are good. They're a good football team. Joe Burrow's one of the top 10 quarterbacks. I think he's probably around, you know, seven or eight right now. Um, he still turns the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over today, but he he's generally, he's turned the ball over quite a bit this year. But the Cincinnati Bengals are for real offensively. I don't know how long, how far they can go in the playoffs because their defense is not that good. The Kansas City Chiefs, they scored 31 points. Their defense has played well, and their defense went on the road and laid an egg. Simple as that. And they had all their guys. They had their three the, the, the three best defenders on the field. They had Tom Matthew. They also had they also had um, Chris Jones, who's what who's the second best defensive tackle in all of football. They also have Frank Clark, and you can't get it done. Um, so the the Chiefs don't have the number one seed anymore. The Tennessee Titans do. And let's talk about them and what they did. They laid the smack down the Dolphins. They told the Dolphins, yeah, that, that winning streak y'all had is bogus because y'all played the Jets twice. Y'all played Ian Book, and he need a book because they were reading him like a book the whole game. And a bunch of bums at quarterbacks in these last seven games. And that when you play a competent quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, this is what happens. Ryan Tannehill didn't even do anything special. He only had 120 yards uh, passing. But they ran the ball down their throat. Foreman, shoot, he was destroying them. 26 carries, a buck 32 in a tub. And Tua, man, Tua, you look bad. Barely um, completing your passes, not even hitting 50%. Had a pick, been getting picked off lately and also getting sacked. That might have been your last game. The Tennessee Titans might have put you out of your misery. You probably, actually, I'm going to go on the limb and say, you will not be the the Dolphins quarterback, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's um, Russell Wilson or another quarterback that comes out the pipe, you're not going to be there. And the Dolphins season is not over because they're not playing for a playoff spot. Hopefully they can be some ruiners to the, to the Patriots because they played them in the season finale in Miami. Um, the Patriots quickly and what they did, they put a 50 burger on the worst team in football, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's continue the Las Vegas Raiders and the Indianapolis Colts had a good football game. It was a good football game. And Derek Carr still dro- trying to drive this car to the playoffs. Now, Drove him down the field, got a late field goal. Game ended 23-20. That Oakland Raiders defense, to me, played well because they did not allow the Colts to get big plays. Now, Jonathan Taylor, this is the first game that he goes over 100 and does not get the dub. Before then, they were undefeated, 6-0. The Colts, I still think they're going to make the playoffs. They probably will make the playoffs and you still do not want to see them. Um, the last game I do want to talk about 
is the Cowboys and Cardinals. To me, this was the game of the week. The Cowboys dropped 56 lags a game and could not even get to half of that. They scored 22 points. Dak Prescott did not look great. The numbers look okay. But yet again, what do we say about the Cowboys in the last couple of years? All they do is come in the fourth quarter when they down, and then that's when they look good because the other team, you know, doesn't play the same intensity that they've had um, in the first half. So the Cowboys were down. 22 to 7 in the fourth quarter and then they come this rallying cry to get you know to a respectable margin but the cardinals when they needed to run the ball with Colin murray with edmonds they were able to do that and we want to talk about trevon diggs trevon diggs was getting had by old man aj green that brother had three receptions 74 yards the first the first series that is the first series of the game. What did AJ Green do? Do a double move, get him, get Trevon Diggs looking inside, and then go over his head. Uh, Michael Parsons, who everybody raves about, was nowhere to be found, nowhere to be seen. Um, he did make one good play, um, you know, tackle for loss. He had two, but that's your defensive player of the year. So anyway. The Cardinals get back on track, and we'll see what happens in the postseason. But the Cowboys, I've said this before, they've overrated. They don't look that good. What you saw against the Washington football team was a mess of things. Guy getting back from COVID, Taylor Heineke, players missing from the Washington football team, especially on the defensive side. And the Cowboys, everything that they touched was a touchdown. But obviously this game was much different. I need to sprinkle in some NBA stuff right now. So let's talk about the MVP. Man, the MVP is a close nip and tuck. You have, you know, right now, right now I have Kevin Durant, number one, Steph Curry, number two. Giannis is in there. Um, but one guy that's now in the conversation, and I have to admit, I was wrong about them. I was wrong about this team, and this player is, you know, doing his thing. DeMar DeRozan belongs in the MVP conversation. I am sorry. Currently, the Bulls are the top of the Eastern Conference with 24 wins. The the Nets are right below them. But DeMar DeRozan, did you just see what happened this past week? Going against Indiana, hits a three to, to, to shut that crowd up and get a win. To start the new year against the Wizards in Chocolate City, hits a three and ends that game, shuts up that crowd. Say, yeah, welcome to the new year with this three. DeMar DeRozan's averaging 27 a game on 50% shooting, giving you five assists and five rebounds. That man's sensational. Now, we know he's probably going to be the guard all-star starter. He's probably going to get all-NBA nod. But the M he should get some votes in the MVP discussion. Now, right now, to me, it's just a two-headed race with Kevin Durant 
And Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, to me, is the number one guy. He's he's giving you 38 minutes, averaging 30 points on 52% shooting, eight rebounds, six assists. And then Steph Curry, he's giving you 35 minutes a game, giving you 28 points on 43% shooting, five rebounds, six assists. I think Kevin Durant, while he does have James Harden, James Harden hasn't been James Harden this whole season. And Kevin Durant has been carrying this team um, and then number two in the East. I think right now um, I'm going to go with Kevin Durant as number one. Number two is Steph Curry, and that's razor thin right now. Number three, I would say, to be honest, is Giannis. He's number three. Number four, I'm going to go with what that man um, and Phoenix is doing Chris Paul. The numbers don't say it, but the impact is there. And number five, in my opinion, is DeMar DeRozan. Now, after that, you can give me Jokic. You can put Jimmy in there, Joel Embiid, if you like, um, John Morant, or even either the, uh, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. But to me, those five right now, you know, Kevin Durant right now by the slenders of margins is number one. Steph Curry's two, number three. To me is Giannis, number four is CP3 and then five, DeRozan. Um, I was proven wrong so far about um, the Chicago Bulls, but y'all ain't going to tell me that Vucevic was going to be out here playing that well. Y'all, y'all didn't tell me that Zach Levine was going to continue on this track, even though he was going to have DeMar DeRozan. Y'all didn't tell me that Lonzo Ball was going to be playing even better than he did the previous season. So if y'all have told me that, then I would have never said that the Bulls was going to be sorry. And that's all I got to say. Now, somebody that's coming up the pike, people want to say it's LeBron James. And I'm like, LeBron James is putting up great numbers, but their team is sorry. So right now, they're the eighth seed. LeBron James ain't getting no MVP with them in the eighth seed. They got to be in the one or the two seed, and they not touching that. So LBJ, OBJ, PBNJ. LeBron James ain't in no MVP conversation. Period. Now, to end the show, let's talk about some college football. What a what a couple of games in college football, except for the playoff games, because they were sorry. First one, Alabama versus Cincinnati. I told y'all they were going to beat the brakes off of them, and they beat them. I thought they was going to beat them bad, but they ain't really beat them that bad. I mean, Cincinnati hung in tough. The whole game, if you told me that Cincinnati was going to allow Bama to score 27 points, I would have said Cincinnati would have had a good shot. But all in all, Cincinnati, you deserve to be in the playoffs, and you got beat down by 19. Um, They just – it was a simple game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. All they said was our offensive line and our defensive line are better than yours, and we're going to shoot, and we're going to – and we're going to prove it by running it down your throat and stopping the run. Robinson for the Crimson Tide had 198 yards rushing. Simple as that. That's all I need to tell y'all. And they sacked the Bearcats 
six times. That's all I need to tell y'all. Now, the big game that I thought was going to be real close was Georgia-Michigan. I said Georgia was going to win, and they did. They beat the brakes off of Michigan, 34 to 11. It wasn't even a contest. Shoot. The close that game was was at the coin toss. That's how bad it was. The Wolverines, shoot. They, they were sorry. They used two quarterbacks, and they were still sorry. Well, now we got the date of destiny. Wait, actually, before I get to the, the rematch, I just want to talk about one game. The granddaddy of them all. The Rose Bowl. Now the New York, the New Year's Day games were better than the the New Year's Eve games. The Sugar Bowl was a close game, in my opinion. The Rose Bowl was the Fiesta Bowl, the Citrus Bowl. Shoot, even the Outback Bowl looked a little better than the than the uh, college football playoff games. But the one I want to talk about, like I said, is the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. That was a classic. I thought Utah had, you know, figured out Ohio State. They were playing them. Ohio State had a bunch of guys that are now training for the NFL out. And it was it was a really good game, but I wish um, Utah had their quarterback in the end. He got hurt um, towards the, the, the fourth quarter. But everybody knows who I want to talk about. Smith in Jigba had the best receiving day of anybody in college football history. He had 15 receptions, 347 yards, and three touchdowns. Let me say that again. He had 15 receptions, 347 yards, and three touchdowns. This man was sensational. Period. It was the best game of all the ball games. It was the best receiving day I've ever seen from any receiver in the NFL or in college football. And Ohio State came out in the thrill of 48-45. But let's get back to the national championship, which is a rematch from 2018 national championship. Georgia-Bama. Y'all know who I'm going to go with. Alabama's going to win. They beat the brakes off of them in the SEC championship game. They beat them in the national championship game in 2018. Georgia cannot beat Bama. They cannot beat Bama. It does not matter. Bama is going to be very simple. They're going to throw the ball because they respect Georgia's interior defense. And Georgia's DBs are going to be had because the last time they played, they were had. They took the soul out of Georgia. Georgia's defense thought they were invincible. And against Michigan, they looked like it. And all regular season long, they looked like it, except for when they played Bama. They looked like they did not belong on the same field. So I got Bama winning. I got Bama winning by at least two touchdowns, 34-20. I don't even think Georgia's going to get to 20. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope Georgia wins. I hope I'm coming here and I'm saying, you proved me wrong, Georgia. You proved me wrong. But you're not. You're going to get beat down by St. Nick yet again and disappoint all the people in Atlanta. That's who I want for, 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 for 
That's the reason why I want Georgia to win. It's for Atlanta. Yeah, they won the Braves, but it's different when football is king. And if y'all can win, imagine the parade that will ha- that will ensue on Georgia's campus and down in Atlanta. But y'all gonna get the bigs beat off of y'all because y'all just y'all just can't beat Bama. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on the show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, Prove Me Wrong underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. Or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong. Or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out. Walking out.